This podcast episode is part of the 11th QED Changemaker Forum on Leading Corporate Sustainability, From Ideas to Action. The importance of environmental, social, and governance for ESG factors in ensuring corporate longevity is well established. But in this season, we chat with industry leaders who instead focus on their personal perspectives on the best practices and workarounds to implementation challenges, so on how instead of why. I'm your host for this special episode, Caitlin Ong, project lead here at QED. Coming to you from on-site as we've just wrapped up our 11th QED Changemaker Forum to hear some thoughts from the leaders who joined us. I had the pleasure of catching up with Philip Forrest, Independent Director and Chair of the Audit Committee at 8VI Holdings and the Singapore Institute of Directors, as well as Margaret Rumpf, Global Commercial Head at GSK, to get their thoughts on the discussions that took place. Let's hear what they had to say. Thanks, Philip, again for joining us today. It was amazing having you and everyone attend. No, it was my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for including me. Hello. Thank you so much for coming on board to help us moderate. Just for attending the session today, it was a really good one. Thank you. I guess um, to start off, since we've come to the end of the Changemaker Forum, I wanted to know if there were any segments or parts of the forum today that you enjoyed or if anything left an impression on you. Yeah, look, I thought it was a great session. Um, I I think um, clearly there are a lot of ESG seminars and webinars and and, uh, conferences and so forth going on, not just in Singapore, but globally at the moment. But I like the way that QED took that and said, okay, how do we move to the next stage? How do we start to make things happen? What are the things we need to be focusing on? I thought that theme together with the quality of people that you pull together for the session uh, made it uh, very, very worthwhile for me anyway. I thought the panel discussions were excellent. There are so many things that I took note of that I thought were kind of light bulb moments for me. I mean, to give you an example, when the question came up, how can SMEs be involved with this? And that's a question that I hear all the time. You know, SMEs, they're out there struggling for survival. How do they make Uh, climate change uh, a priority or is it even realistic to think that they can have time uh, for that suggestion about joining together having groups of SMEs to give them more power to come up with ideas to develop leadership on a larger scale uh, perhaps collaborating on insurance and matters like that I thought was uh, was very enlightened Uh, In the same session, there was a question about the way we handle the gender issue. And I'm very concerned about that from a board point of view. I think Singapore, quite frankly, needs to do more uh, to, if it wants to consider itself a successful leader in the field of gender diversity on boards. But it's not just about numbers on boards. And the comment was made that a good thing to measure is female retention in the workforce, which I hadn't really thought about before. We all talk about the numbers of men versus women and the pay of men versus women, but female retention is another pretty important um, thing that we we ought to be uh, focusing on. Another reminder for me in the second panel discussion, uh, just to remind me that words do matter in this debate, I loved 
the reference to the fact that we used to call ourselves in Singapore a garden city and then we changed it to a city in a garden and that changed it, it's such a small change and yet it changed the mindset entirely once you start to think about it and I thought that was super. Um, I, I actually thought the the overall program was really well planned out. Um, we had two panel sessions and then went into moderation, so that was it was great because the panel sessions gave you a lot of sound bites. It gave you an opportunity to reflect outside your industry. It's always good to come and sort of explore, you know, outside your comfort zone in terms of what what else is going on. Primarily to be inspired, to be honest, and I think there are lots of sound bites today that inspired you to sort of think differently as you walk back into you know work. work. Um, a couple of things I absolutely love the fact. I mean, we had the welcoming from the Costello Group with our group CEO um, coming through, but I love the fact that he just didn't welcome us. He actually was passionately letting us know what they're doing to actually reduce their carbon footprint. Um, and it wasn't just one thing, there were multiple things and it really was lovely because it set the tone um, because the language that he was using is language that you don't frequently hear from senior leaders around carbon footprint and you know how this is leading to a different outcome from a climate perspective. So I love that start and I love the fact that the theme itself with the food and everything else around it was very consciously thought through um, with the topic at hand. Now in terms of the different panels, I think it was fabulous that you broke out the social from the environment. It is so easy to head straight into environment um, and then to think through what does that mean from a governance perspective. It was very, it was very smart to sandwich the social and the environment with the governance in between. Some sound bites for me, particularly around social, was, were very much around rethinking around what, what does social actually mean from a business perspective. One of the things that I think is really difficult for any business is actually to connect either the social environment to the business outcome. And being able to articulate broadly that um, yes, better diversity leads to performance is one thing to see it on McKinsey Research. It's another to actually articulate it and value it within your own business. Yeah. So we heard a couple of great examples where it's being done. Um, and, but I still think there's more to do in terms of looking for this opportunity to value create rather than seeing it as a business risk. If you don't do, this is what will happen to you versus if you don't do, this is what will happen to your business. And therefore, here's the opportunity. Very good level of, of discussion. And, um, you know, that takes me to the, uh, the working groups too around the table where we, um, we had a great discussion. And um, I think a good mix of people. I don't know, I, I suspect a lot of thought went into who would sit with who. Uh, but at least for our table, it worked out very well, and we, you know, we had a, an exposition on the healthcare industry, which I wouldn't have thought was such a polluter and such a contributor to um, to climate change. And of course, it's a fundamentally important 
industry for the world. But we were told that it's probably the worst polluter of all because you've got to get rid of all those plastic gloves and all those masks and all the swabs and all the needles and so forth. But we can't do without them. That was a bit of a light bulb moment too. Uh, we, we also had somebody um, uh, from the Jane Goodall Institute and um, it was fabulous listening to her and talking about the importance of getting people out of the company and out of the boardroom and into the world of nature and understanding what's at stake here and probably leading the way are school children and we had people uh, talking about the education aspect or the education industry and of course the 10 and 12 year olds are far more up to speed on all this stuff than the average 75 year old in a boardroom <laughs> and, um, and and so once again um, that brought home to me the uh, the importance of thinking outside the box and thinking about issues of younger people on boards perhaps uh, reverse mentoring, mentoring and reverse mentoring, mm. and so on. So much to think about. So thank you, QED. Absolutely. We we had a we had a wonderful um, session on on our table, one that talked around board diversity, which was really interesting because um, we had an example where diversity of the board has been improved to almost to a 50-50 perspective. And there was a clear demonstration and examples provided as to how that has led to better innovation, better ideas coming through and actually improvement overall. But there was also a question around, well, what about industries like tech, industries like the construction, where actually there aren't that many female leaders or interest in that area? And I think we're, we're quick to talk about gender as the, the only thing for diversity. But we did pivot into recognising that diversity is not only gender, and it's not only about quotas of male and female, it's, it's about diversity. Diversity of thought, diversity of perspective, experience, background. And as long as you have that diversity in the board um, and you are representing the community that you're serving, then it's actually okay. It's actually okay not to have 50-50 because a lot of individuals, I think, feel that having the 50-50 is also just a quota versus the true discussions and understanding as to why diversity is important. Yeah, these are all like points that I'm sure got brought across the different tables. Everyone had different insights. Sure. Yeah, and hearing you bring it up, this is why we re-record the sessions and want to compile everything into those post-session notes. It's so rich yeah. with insights. It's, Absolutely. Yeah, yes. Yeah, no. else. Well, well done. I guess my final question is um, from your table or personally as well, did you have a wish list coming in uh, already to the forum for governance uh, to complement the E and or S to ESG? I, I suppose, um, yeah, I'd have a couple of things on my wish list. One is, um, and, and I'm, I approach most of these things from the perspective of the board, and I realise that's a narrow perspective because ESG affects all of the company, the middle management, the workforce, the senior management and so forth. But, uh, but the board has a responsibility for culture. I think that's been well established around the world now. It probably wouldn't have been the answer 10 years ago where the comment was more likely to be that it's the CEO who sets the culture. 
But then again, who appoints the CEO? It's the board. And the quickest way to change the culture is to change the CEO. But I'm not sure how seriously many boards take their responsibility for culture. And I think if anything is going to change the debate and the way we manage the climate issues, I mean, the two key questions of how will climate change affect our company and how will our company affect climate change, those two things are very much cultural issues and and the culture needs to flow through the entire organisation if the, if the company is going to be effective enough to retain its customers, retain its bankers and retain its uh, shareholders and its uh, reputation generally. So culture is important to me and I'd like to see boards taking it more seriously from a governance perspective. Um, the other thing I think about too is when we uh, think about board diversity, particularly gender diversity on boards, there's always the question of should we have uh, quotas or can we let it just continue to go along at its own pace. I would say the problem with letting it go on at its own pace is the pace in Singapore is very slow and it needs to do better. But maybe maybe quotas are not the answer. I like the fact that in some countries, I think Britain is one, if you put somebody on the, for a listed company, if you put somebody on the board during the year, you must write in your annual report which search company you used to find the director or alternatively where you advertise the position. Or if you didn't do any of that, why not? And, and I think that's a discipline that I'd like to see us develop in, um, in, in Singapore so that we get away from this idea of we've got a vacancy on the board, who do we know at the golf club that we might be able to bring in? We need to get away from that mentality. So um, I aired both of those issues and we had good discussions around that and I think, I think people concurred. In, in general, I thought it was um, a, a very enlightening morning. One of the things I think I heard a lot of is that it's not a one-size-fits-all approach, yeah? So we heard about the SMEs and sometimes the struggle that they have when they're trying to survive, let alone, you know, comply to ESG. And we also heard from various other industries and even on our table where it's not that easy when you're in the marine business or maritime business or whether you're in construction or even in um, you know in, in various other human capital businesses it's actually not that easy to do a one-size-fits-all so one of the key cryouts i think that has resonated with me is around how important it is to have that tailoring approach by industry by business and helping each other support the positives of it, the incentives, the know-how, etc., versus just the restrictions and regulations. If you don't do this, is what will happen to you. Because an interesting comment that was made on our table: well, if, if you know, if you tighten the regulations too much, companies will delist, and that's not what we're wanting to do. So this is not about making it a risk, but actually trying to identify how we can create value and actually create a business performance because it's an opportunity to be doing ESG and because it's an opportunity others will follow and as others follow we actually do a better better deal out of it and a greater good in terms of what we're able to do. So the pivot for me and the wish list from a governance perspective is I think we're getting a lot of sticks 
i.e. penalties, regulations, must, must do, which is important because you need to start building awareness and start building an environment where it's important for people to talk about it. But it also needs to come with the carrots. And so what incentives, what opportunities um, are there for us to be supporting and helping SMEs and various other industries to shift? And I think that's a call out, not, not just for government, not just for various regulators, but it's a call out for all of us. And if we can get that right, then I think we will have a huge impact on what we might be able to do for the planet. Because a, a lot of individuals were sort of also talking about, yeah, I'm doing stuff, but is it really moving the dial? Yeah, and, right. yeah. It, yeah, I guess it all just leads back to that change, not just in mindset, but how we're looking at yeah, yeah absolutely less, less of a punishment and more of a hey this is where we can yeah. do more i yeah. think uh, one of the panelists mentioned that sustainability goes hand in hand with being more productive as well absolutely and being able to demonstrate that i think is really important so we, i've heard it a lot um, but i'd love to see more examples of it as we start to you know, recognise it because internal engagement with employees is super important for us to get going with this. Thank you once again, Philip and Margaret, for joining us for the 11th QED Changemaker Forum and for sharing your insights as well. Most importantly, thank you listeners for tuning in to our podcast. Do remember to subscribe to our channel and be updated on our latest episodes. I'm your host for this episode, Caitlin Ong, and I look forward to having you in our next episode.